So not only do I think Bitcoin toxicity is important, I think it's absolutely necessary. And if you're against Bitcoin toxicity, you're against Bitcoin. And if you're against Bitcoin, you're against freedom, period. I'm a Bitcoiner for one simple reason. It's the only digital asset that solves the fiat Ponzi, okay? If you fucking knuckleheads don't understand that the biggest problem we have in the world is the fiat Ponzi, and you want to go off on little tangents and do a better blockchain and all this bullshit, you're fucking missing the elephant in the room, okay? Start calling out the fiat Ponzi and don't replace the fiat Ponzi with other Ponzi's like Luna and all this stuff that essentially Luna was the, the Fiat Ponzi digital, digitalized, okay? Oh my God, you people. Look at the elephant in the room. Solve that because if we don't solve the Fiat Ponzi, everything else is moot, meaningless, worth zero, where it's probably going anyway.
Elon Musk making a shocking claim that the true amount donated by Sam Bankman Freed to the Democrat Party in this last election cycle was upwards of $1 billion. And if that's true, it likely came directly from investors' funds. It would explain a lot. We see news outlets and politicians cheering on Sam, acting like this was an accident when it clearly was both fraud and a Ponzi scheme from day one. This is outrageous. The on-the-record donations are $40 million. How was this person able to work around the system and pump a billion dollars into the Democratic Party? Let me know. One good thing that comes out of this FTX disaster for their investors and their employees is that we see an acceleration towards regulation and, and leaning into good stablecoin regulation because I think that that is what's necessary to build back confidence for people. And we'll see over time. We, we are setting up for the reality of crypto potentially having a role in payments and, and money movement. You know, we don't pick winners and losers. We and announced midnight cash was illegal, the big notes. And 70% of the economy crashed. This digitalization is now going all over the world and there's a war on cash. They call it war on cash. Because cash is merely a medium of exchange. It has no value in itself. It's just a promise. You read the dollar note, it says, I promise to pay the bear. A, when it's digital, credit card, you know, you're giving rents to the global financial system. But when it's cryptocurrency in the hands of algorithms, in the hands of big tech, they will do what is happening in China. Create social credit system to decide a new caste system. And you might have also followed that while all this has been happening, the founder of the World Economic Forum did a book called The Great Reset on how to deal with the COVID crisis. And one of, and all, everything we're seeing unfold is part of that Great Reset. But an element of that Great Reset is you will own nothing. <laughs>
system that may affect the international role of the dollar in the future. Most major economies already have or are in the process of developing instant 24-7 payments. Our own FedNow service will be coming online in 2023. And in light of the tremendous growth in crypto assets and stable coins, we are examining whether a U.S. central bank digital currency would improve upon what is an already safe and efficient domestic payment system. Our, as our white paper on this topic notes, a U.S. CBDC could also potentially help maintain the dollar's is above legal. Bitcoin is above politics. Bitcoin is something that is bigger than states, right? Bitcoin, so we no, no, don't need someone to make a law that tells people this is going to be legal tender. What, ha- what is happening in El Salvador is good for adoption. Of course it does. That's why I went there. But do we need it? Bitcoin is gonna happen anyway.
don't stop it. You gotta rock it, 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 don't stop it. You gotta rock it. trying to push, uh, push Bitcoin as the next global reserve asset, a money that is not political. It's apolitical by design. Um, it can't be uh, it can't be co-opted by politicians. Um, and uh, the unfortunate part, a lot of people don't talk about this, right, is that the main casualty of inflation is the lower middle classes that don't have the wealth or the means to save in uh, equities and real estate, right? Those are, it, it, more than the wealthy, those are the main benefit benefactors of something like Bitcoin winning, right? Um, that's what we fight for every single day. There's, there's a, a very hard entrenched players that have a lot to lose from Bitcoin becoming uh, the next global reserve currency, which is why you have the attacks on Bitcoin's environmental uh, environmental effects, and which is why you have uh, attacks on uh, Bitcoin's uh, proof of work system, right? Come in gently as you take 
the thing to remember, I guess, is that some of the best funding companies in the Bitcoin space, the most powerful miners, billionaires, have tried to change and co-op and alter Bitcoin um, to shape it to their liking. And without these incredibly hard pieces of the Bitcoin protocol, it would have been hopelessly malleated in all number of ways. And so there is a reason why someone would be incredibly protective of Bitcoin. Uh, does that justify immense toxicity you know, on social media? Probably not. But it's a leaderless uh, protocol, so the whole point is that it's money for enemies. And, you know, some of the Bitcoin maximalists came for me, too, when I made suggestions that they didn't like. Um, but, you know, I'm happy to use it, the protocol, because I know that that transaction will be final, regardless of how odious my counterparty is or how how, you know, politically disfavored their opinions are. What? what was happening with Nick Carter? I was just on a phone call for like three and a half hours. So what was... my, my, under, my understanding is that people actually finally figured out that he basically is a VC for shitcoin companies. Like this has been out there. Like this isn't something new, right? It's just that now that we're in a bear market, we need someone to attack that someone posts basically a screenshot of the companies he's invested in and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the majority of them are shit coiners. Not only shit coiners, but leverage shit coining. Um, and it is what it is. He can do what he want with his capital. And he had this proponent of him being basically head up on a, on, on a pedestal in the Bitcoin community. And the, whether he says he wanted it or not, he had that like kind of symbolism of Nick Carter, the, the Bitcoin fake Mexican, um, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then people, that whole reality comes crashing down when people <laughs> figure out what he actually does because they finally did the diligence. Bitcoin maxis are all over Twitter trying to convince everybody, hey, this is why we told you, you know, uh, not your keys, not your Bitcoin, you know. So let me tell everybody, right? 30% of all the Bitcoin is gone because of the Bitcoin maxis, because they told you to hold your own keys. And then everybody lost their keys. F-U-D stands for fear, uncertainty, and doubt. 
Now, that's not just for Bitcoin, but it applies to gold or minerals, it applies to stocks. But there are people who are groups who want to get the price down on Bitcoin. I mean, their goal is to buy more of it, but they don't want to pay the price right now. these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. wants digital property and digital property needs to be a commodity without an issuer and 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 the great shining example of, of creating a digital commodity is what satoshi did no ico no pre-mine disappeared never monetized it not influencing it uh, if there's no issuer then it starts to look similar to like, to gold or or wood or lumber or wheat <laughs> or land. It's a commodity.
example, Celsius Network pays interest once a week. We can put a billion people on the Ethereum platform using Celsius, we are an ERC20 token, and we can support that application tomorrow. There's no problem with scale. So why are you using it? We are using it exactly because of that. We're using it because the only way today for everybody on the planet to earn 7% interest, seven times more than the bank, is using the blockchain, using Bitcoin, using stablecoin. You realize you just said something that's impossible, right? Everyone on the planet to earn 7% interest, right? You, you realize you just said that, right? It is impossible. The money doesn't grow up. You can't give everyone 7%. Best piece of advice you could get to give to anybody going into crypto today? Stick with Bitcoin. Forget all the shit coins. Stick with Bitcoin. Buy a little bit every week. Don't give us a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars. Figure out what you can afford every week and buy it every week. on the music the music's to blame
Slithering through the grass, gazelles hopping past amongst the chimps, trying to see who has. But home, you better get too fast. Scream in the air, where's my baby? People flying everywhere, bodies in the street, police starts to beat. It's not an easy feat. 
in the jungle or in the city. You better be home before the sun goes down. There's no pity. Be wise or witty in a world of despair. Paradox between jungle and city. has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some Bitcoin maximalists retweet these fake stories without checking facts first. The canceling of shitcoin influencers has become all The canceling of shitcoin
conversation with our very own Matt Miller, my co-host, who's going to be joined by the CEO of Strike, the Pings Jack Mallers. They are sitting down right now, so let's head over to the Bloomberg Crypto Summit and listen in. You've grown up. You're digitally native, right? I mean, the white paper was released when you were like 14 or 15, so How did you work out that we could use Bitcoin essentially to make frictionless payments across borders? Yeah, it's a long story. I'll keep it. I'm looking at this clock right here. I'll keep it 60 seconds. But uh, I've been in Bitcoin close to, to a decade, which is crazy. I look like I'm 12. I'm actually, <laughs> it's not that funny. I, it sucks. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I'm 28. So I've been in Bitcoin since my late teens. I got into it. So my grandfather was the chairman of the Chicago Board of Trade. My dad uh, founded and ran one of the bigger discount futures brokerages. So I was growing up in my living room. All these big Chicago guys were building positions 2012, 2013, 2014. I knew the CME was going to build a product on this thing long before anyone else did. But just because I was eating dinner with the guys, right? And uh, so my first foray was Bitcoin as this asset. It was like this commodity, very similar to gold. A lot of those guys early on saw the asymmetry in the asset and it, its scarcity was really important to them uh, fast forward my work on the lightning network was to help those guys out there were two main problems with Bitcoin call it a la 2017 so I hope I'm looking at the audience I hope you guys are following so this is like five years ago the two big head of the New York Times like Bitcoin sucks and here's why one was the variable amount of time it takes for a Bitcoin payment to be deemed final it's like it was kind of unclear when is it gonna get into the blockchain no one really knows that was a variable and then the variable cost is that it was a fee market and the market was free and so it could the fees could hike on you and so it was those two variables time and cost and so lightning for those that don't know was a protocol that was designed to fix that for bitcoin and ideally if you could fix the variable amount of time and the variable amount of cost for a bitcoin transaction to be final then a very simpler like way to phrase that is bitcoin transactions are relatively instant and basically free which would be a huge deal and so the story I like to tell is I was hacking on it. I was like the fourth node on the network. There's a buddy of mine in London. And we wanted to recreate the pizza transaction. Like really nerdy shit, right? Like just sitting in my dad's basement. And I sent him a lightning payment to London with my address. And he ordered me a pizza. Payment got there instantly and for free. And it was in that moment where I was like, hold on a second. Uh, I just sent value to London in less than a second. It didn't cost me anything. There was no concept of interchange. There was no concept of T plus X settlement. A future settlement. It also happened to be cross.
so let me get this straight. You're laying in bed. You make this, the decision. I need to get farm tough, as if you're you're preparing to get your hands dirty here. And yeah. I think we're about to dig dig into that part, which is one of my favorite parts of your story, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it, it's good, you know. And if you have some, you know, background of me, you know, I grew up on dirt roads. I grew up. Grandfather had several sections. He was a farmer rancher. He produced animals. He produced produce. He, you know, he stewarded family. He survived a lot of things. He survived uh, Dust Bowl, this, uh, this, two world wars, the Great Depression, uh, death in the family. Um, you know, but one thing he did is he, he taught me how to work, farm tough work. There's, there's only one way. And so if, you've, if, you, if you know what that means, then you know what the hell I'm talking about. If you don't, it, it should scare you a little bit because you'll hurt a little bit. <laughs> but anyways, that's where I was going, yes, because I could reflect back on how I was raised. I also know how to, you know, drive a combine, you know, drive a tractor, farm equipment. I know how to, you know, break horses, work horses, all that kind of stuff. I'm not an expert. I'm not a cowboy out there that does it every day. So, you know, I don't want to disrespect anybody that does this every day because that's not me. But I guarantee you I can keep up with most people. So... By saying that, I knew kind of I didn't know what what the path was, what that roadmap was to getting farm tough, but it was basically me designing my own consumption model around audio, video, and food. And I had to start where it wasn't going to be something that was a centralized delivery apparatus that gave me that form of intelligence that I was trying to uncover because a lot of people don't realize most of the information that we get is censored and it's controlled by many people that people really do not understand. Mm -hmm. And you got to have a skill set to dive deeper. Most people in their lives are on an interface surface level. And I say that it's like they're on their phone screen. They're on a computer screen and they don't go beyond that. What you got to do within the Internet itself is you got to go layers deep into the Internet to get to where that valuable information is. And a lot of people use software applications to do that. Well, you can't do that whenever you're looking for information. You can Google all day long, but all you're doing is you're staying in one little index. It's compartmentalized. It's just part of the internet. And a lot of people don't understand that. So being me and my technical skills, I went ahead and got certified as a data scientist as I was beat up. And so I got my skill set honed in a little bit more and I learned how to do queries and calls and research, you know, da, 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 you know what data analysis and data scientists do. And so I got to the source of the seed of a lot of basically who controls our food system, the global industrial food complex. And I started unraveling exactly where we came from, what's been interjected into our food systems from the beginning, basically of my grandfather's life and until where we are today and in how it's changed and how our health is declined. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it, it, there's a roadmap there that I could talk about for days as far as where we've come from and where we are now.
This has inspired some Bitcoin operations to expand, especially in the wake of the recent government crackdown of miners in China. The ban on mining in China has caused a mass exodus to the United States, to Russia, and to any other areas where mining facilities are available. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I just like laid my fucking bananas crazy shit out there well you know like so many times i go to people i'd be like you get that bitcoin's the return of the messiah on earth to like reunite humanity to like a global collective where we all have like a fair opportunity to use utilize money as a shilling point to like organize us to, to move away from violence as a means and they're just like yeah i'm like oh like you realize like that's fucking insane right like yeah you know i get i get it I was like, oh, okay. Cool. So, what do you think about that? They're like, 
yeah, it's cool. I it. It's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to a world of long time preference from a world of short time preference. And when you talk to somebody about improving their diet and they're eating Twinkies, right? They know the Twinkies are bad, but the Twinkies taste good. And so they don't really want to have the conversation about moving from the short time preference of sugar to the long time preference of a healthy body. I mean, I did it myself five years ago, dude, I weighed 100 pounds more than I did, right? Yep. Like, yep. They don't, but I think there is in the, and I don't think it's up front. I don't think they know they're doing it, but I think that when you start pushing people into the Bitcoin standard, somewhere in that back psyche, there's this idea that I'm going to have to treat money different because I don't know about you, but I, I, I made a pretty good income my whole life. Once I got out of like those young years where you're fucking starving, right? Like once I got out right. of that, I've done well for myself. So if I want to buy a thing, you know, 12 years ago, do I have enough money to buy the thing? Can I still save for my retirement if I buy the thing? Am I going to have to not take my wife out when she wants to go out because of my thing? And if the answer to those are all check out, like, okay, I'm going to buy the thing. Now when I go to buy the thing, do I want to take the amount of sats away from my future to have the thing? And then a lot of the things I would have bought, I don't buy. And I think there's a psychology that if I accept this for what it is, I know this is going to happen to me, and I'm not ready yet. And I know that's like really deep, but I think that's
Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin,
I said women don't like dudes who got their own, who don't need them. They rather deal with men who are not that intellectually aggressive, mm-hmm. who won't let them say what they want right. and do what they want. Mm-hmm. Right. They'd rather deal with a man like, not saying you like that, mm-hmm. but most women out here don't want to deal with a man who's going to say, baby, nah, don't wear that. Nah, baby, don't talk like that. Mm-hmm. They don't really want to deal with that. They'd rather deal with a dude who let them say and do whatever they want to do. And they think if a man be a man, he's toxic. So my question was, do you fuck with a real woman? Let me and, answer that question. And the reason why I asked, Okay, I'm it's because if you fuck with a real woman, she's going to agree with you. Hey, maybe I shouldn't step outside wearing this, I respect that, this baby. nasty Let me ass that. shit. Let me or... answer that. This the problem. The real woman is standing too close to the hose, so we don't know the difference until we start talking to y'all. No, no, listen, listen. I, I, met, I met a lot of women. It don't mean, I don't care if they from the hood. I don't care if they from, they got two parents. They interests are the same. It's like right now, right? If you see 10 lions coming down the street, are you going to try to figure out which lion going to bite your ass or not? You're going to be like, do 10 lions. So unfortunately, the real woman agree with too much shit that these holes are on, so we don't know the yeah, fucking yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
what's new is the natural frequency of the communication systems is much higher. The impedance of information flow is much lower, and the power is much more extreme. Every authority, right? A hundred years ago, right? If there was a medical authority, they might have had the power to issue some edict, and 90% of the people wouldn't have even known it was issued, right? But they wouldn't have the power to put a little ticker, like halfway down the screen, on every screen you look at, every minute of the day for the next three years for five billion people. <laughs> If I could reach into your eye and I could pry open your eye and I could like plant something, right? The blue sky is going to kill you. The blue sky is going to kill you. The blue sky is going to kill you. If I just put it right there for five billion people, even if it's not true, it's going to work. Right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to drive some portion of the people insane and drive the rest off their rocker because, you know, I, I honestly believe the blue sky was bad for you, Cedric. I was trying to help. But, you know, when you, when you have um, a society where everybody feels like it's their job to help, right? Everybody's trying to do too much. Six cents all the way to 36 cents and then it crashed down to 21 cents and then another time bitcoin went from 85 cents all the way to 29 and then it crashed three dollars and then another time bitcoin went all the way to 213 and then it crashed all the way to 70 And then another time, Bitcoin went all the way to $1,100 and 
and then it crashed all the way to $239. So the moral of the story is don't buy that because you know it's going to crash. Right? So you've got the head of Ethereum, you've got somebody who is who, who is up there in the World Economic Forum that is the head of their blockchain alliance council, and then you have an A you have an AML KYC expert. Make no mistake, this is strategic. There is a reason why Ethereum has not been shit on yet 
by the by the SEC, and it's because they have the right people that are turning the wheels right now. But at some point, at some point, mark my words, the SEC is not going to be able to ignore them anymore, and they Ethereum is going to pay to play, just like the banks do when they make a mistake. You're going to see Ethereum's going to get a slap on the wrist. Other people, though, other I, I believe that other shit coins, though, are going to get burned. Yeah, really hard. That's that's just my my opinion, which is messed up, right? Because it, again, it's it's you know it's the evil lions. Corey's mentioned this. We have mentioned this on um, Simply Bitcoin, right? It's the evil lions between the shit coiners, the shit coins, and the state. Uh, the shit coins use the state to ensure their own survival, and then the state uh, props up these shit coins to remain relevant, right? Whereas in Bitcoin. It's enemies with both these people, right? Uh, Shitcoins are an attack on Bitcoin. That's really what they are. January 3rd, 2009 is the singularity. That's the point at which Satoshi Nakamoto developed the technology to transfer value through space without a trusted third party. Now, people say that a lot. They say he solved the Byzantine general's problem. But if you can transfer something of value through cyberspace without a trusted third party, that means you can manifest something of value in cyberspace without a trusted third party. That means you can create and store and transfer energy in the digital realm.
Let's have a conversation. But you ain't gonna send Harley Pasternak, Puff Daddy, Meek Mills, Kim Kardashian, none of the usual suspects, and get me to stop talking. You're going to have to take my life. I don't care if you black mirror me. I don't care if you do some of the alternatives, what the thing was, show me talking, saying somebody didn't say. I don't care if you have me fucking a goat on camera. I don't care what you do. You're going to block. Yeah. And by the way, and if you take my life, there's gonna be some college kid, some young yay, some young pop that's gonna even go harder. It's gonna, y'all thought George Floyd was gonna send it up. If you took my life right now, 
you're gonna see something you never saw. So we might as well have a conversation.
a wonderful life, though. What do you hope your legacy is? To be forgotten. You think you'll be forgotten? Because the memory, there's ego and memory in the memories. Who designed the sidewalk? Who designed the water fountain? Who designed the stop sign? Who designed the stoplight? These things are so ubiquitous that the person that designed them is forgotten. If it's a good idea, it's a God idea. And I don't, no VCs can own it. Do you want your designs in all realms of life to be so simple that they, they permeate everything, they take over, and you are forgotten? That's a successful design, is you're forgotten. Yes.